Well, Lucas, welcome back. But uh, we're starting this one right off hot. You, listen, there's going to be a lot of emails and questions and, you know, predicaments while you're gone. So I wanted to bring you through the most recent updates and email questions. And we're going to be doing our first ever lightning round here. Are you ah, ready? Ah, ah, my mic's burning. Ah, ah, it's, it's, it's sizzling. Oh, no. It might be. I, you normally, if you didn't warn me, I think it was some sort of electrical issue. But now I know it's the lightning round. So the lightning round, don't think about these too much. Just want your gut reactions for, to both the questions and the new Arthur facts. Okay, let's, All right. let's hit me with the, the business. Okay, so round one, we're going through facts. This is the stuff that I found out in the last few weeks uh, since we've taken a break. Uh, you and I from the show. So first of all, uh, there is a, an Arthur character whose name is Aunt Chrissy, and she is inspired by Chrissy Teigen. Oh, okay. Uh, th- that must be new. It, yes, in the in the Rhythm and Roots of Arthur special. Speaking of that special, I also had it confirmed via the official Arthur Twitter account. First thing is that Grandma Thora is in her 60s. Oh, so I saw this. I saw this on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also, and that means you'll also know that Elwood City is canonically in Pennsylvania. I know. I almost hate to talk about this through the lightning round because that was one of the bi- <laughs> the biggest revelations. Well, how did that make? How did that make you feel? Uh, I I felt like uh, we had climbed like Sisyphus, finally surmounting the mountain because I feel like that was a hot topic for a good three years of this show. Yeah, we're going to have to find new stuff to talk about. All right, so I've got some questions here from listeners, and we're going to go at them again. What I want is gut reactions here. So this first one is from Dylan. Did you ever try to wrestle a sibling or friend in a pool? Yes. Uh, and recently, I've wrestled friends in pools. Oh, nice. Are, are, you, are, you, did, are they usually giving you the, the wrestling moves since you're lighter? I would say so, yes. All right. Um, Sierra emailed us about um, the the Rattlin' Bog, and her knowledge of it is a song called The Green Grass Grows All Around, so something like that. That's another regional variant. Okay. I, I've heard The Green Grass Grows All Around. Um, I don't think it measures up to a hole in the bog, the bog down in the valley I, I the, the Green Grass, it's all around. It's not in the valley which is kind of the appeal for me of the Rattlin' Bog. These next two are from Blake. If Mr. Ratburn had to fight someone, who would it be, and would he win? Uh, he'd probably fight that other teacher that gives the, the students, like, a free pass. Or, no, you know what? He'd fight his rival from that episode where they go to the medieval fair. Mr. Price Jones. Would he win? Would he win? I don't know. Mr. Ratburn strikes me as someone who knows, like, Krav Maga or something, or, like, Capoeira. <laughs> okay, that would be awesome. Uh, and also, have you watched Tiger King? I have watched Tiger King. Any quick thoughts um, on it? It was, it was okay. It was it. There was definitely one of those shows that was like designed to be viral. You know what I mean? It kind of had its moment. Um, I'm a little bit sick of it now. Uh, our newest patron, Line Dog ZXA, asks: Internet rumors that you fell for. One or two. Ooh, internet rumors that I fell for. Um. Hmm. Jeez, that's that's hard to think. Did you have one for this? You already answered this. Uh, yeah, I think it had to do with like video games, like uh, yeah. like uh, the, the missing no and stuff like that. Although that wasn't a rumor, that turned out to be true. Yeah, mortal like reptile and Mortal Kombat one or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I, we'll come back to we'll come back yeah. to that one. If you think of one, just uh, insert it whenever you think of it's, it. It's not on the internet, but when I was a kid, I thought the house hippo was real. <laughs> yes, that was uh, that one also came up with me and Christine in our last episode. So I think that was that was you. So you did think it was real? 
Very briefly. Okay. Uh, okay, final lightning round question. Would you eat peaches and crab ice cream? Yes. Really? Uh-huh. God, I thought I had... Think about, thought... think about this. Seafood, man. Think about this. Seafood, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you wouldn't normally associate s- sweet and savory. Uh, wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. Maple salmon. We know it's delicious, okay? Do... So nope. who am I All to right. think, you know, uh, peaches... Uh, and crab. It doesn't sound that unappetizing. I don't know. I could. I'd have to try it. I'm just a little disappointed because I thought I had you. I thought it was like this is the one that he can't say that he'll eat. But I, 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 I haven't got you yet. No. So didn't even have to think about it. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right. Deep breath. <sighs> Are we through of, the lightning round? We're out of the lightning round, and we're oh into goodness. just regular old Elwood City limits. Uh, my name's Will Young, and the guy I've been grilling for the past five minutes is Lucas Mancini. I think I think the mic's finally cooled down. I can speak into it normally again. Mm-hmm. All moved into your new place, and uh, everything's kind of just settling into a bit of a groove now. Yes, tickety boo, as they say. Um, we're we're all settled in. We're we're COVID free. Uh, we're safe and sound, working from home, and so yeah, life is good. Yeah, as 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 much as it can be given the circumstances, but good nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to to lightning round those. Um, quick facts and questions to make sure that we did get them to the proper authorities since Lucas was missing from our last uh, ECL Prime episode. Although he was, on, he has been on every episode of For the Kids, our Patreon podcast. So if you were missing out on him, you can, you can also go there as well. And uh, now we're going to take it to our emails this week over at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. Uh, Lucas, big fan of this one both for the person who sent it and the way that you and I are addressed. Ooh, okay. Because it starts off, Hey Kings! Now, this is this this immediately made me feel amazing. <laughs> yeah, at your service, my liege. So can, does that mean we can go on your list, you and I? No, we could go on this person's king's list. Okay. It's a little yeah. self-serving to put yourself on the list? I would say so. Not very king-like to put yourself on the king's list. I, I, I understand. I understand. So this one is from Josh. Uh, curious to hear your thoughts about the new update in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Can't remember if both of you play or not, but I know at least one of you does. Lately, it's been something of a hyperfixation for me, which I will partially chalk up to the spirit of the times that we're in, but it's not something I mind. If anything, I welcome the distraction. As for me, I'm currently trying to draw up a plan for how I want to edit my island now that I've unlocked terraforming. I'm also hunting for my last villager, and yes, I am a simp for Raymond like everyone else, lol. What's <laughs> sorts of adventures are either of you up to in your games this could also extend beyond animal crossing as well hope you're doing well in times like these so lucas you are the one who's big into new horizons how's that new update and what are you up to yeah the new updates it's been cool the mayday stuff was fun i did the mayday maze without looking it up how to do it properly um i also have terraforming so i've just kind of been uh shaping up the island now building some gardens i I got a wrestling ring will we're gonna start having backyard wrestling (laughs) matches and in my animal crossing town uh just got a new room in my house so trying to do that um and also yeah try to get some cooler villagers you know i'm trying to kick beardo out i kind of hate him okay uh and so I'm, i'm being mean to him in hopes that he leaves uh, but my main man is Cube. I love Cube and Spike uh, and Hamlet. Those are like my go-to villagers. They're all lovely. Um, but yeah, Ber- Beardo's my enemy, and I want him out of my town. 
but I've been I've been loving the game. I've actually fallen off a little bit because of the move. I've been mm. moving so much furniture IRL. I haven't really had the uh, um, the the urge to move it digitally as well. Uh, but I hope to get back to it soon. Uh, so I'm not actually playing Animal Crossing. It's kind of not my thing. Like I, my wife has had to explain to me a couple times. Like you know, I'm the type of person that's like, so what do you do? Like. <laughs> like is there stuff to do and she's like it's not really that kind of game and she loves it it's one of she's not as, there are certain types of games that she likes she really likes Professor Layton she's been playing loves Animal Crossing and so her biggest thing right now is the turnip market she's big oh, yes. into turnip stocks and that sort of industry and it's it boggles my mind but she seems to be really absorbed in it so has she has she been going to other people's islands to sell those at a, at a premium I think I so to... and she's been letting other people into her island as well oh yes oh yes Getting, and asking for tips I hope that's the you know that's the lay of the land that's I... the I wouldn't even know to ask, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's uh, she's doing great. She's also making a wrestling ring in her basement, I believe. So uh, that's uh, I I love seeing everybody's wrestling rings. It's I'm glad to see everybody having fun. Uh, me and as for my games, I have started playing Yakuza Six. Uh, not far in it enough to be doing too too much. I actually need to sit down with it uh, sometime soon. It's been a little bit more difficult than normal. Uh, so thank you, Josh. Uh, Josh, oh, uh, was, yeah. if we're talking about other games, oh, me and sure, my roommate sure, sure. are have decided because now uh, with a roommate we needed like a big project during quarantine. So we have I, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game before. Oh no, he got you! And, and so the two of us, neither he neither has he. Uh, we're taking this deep dive together. Oh, uh, the Kingdom Hearts collection was on sale on PSN for like forty bucks for like a hundred and thirty dollars worth of games. It's got. 1.5 final mix yes, and Kingdom yeah. Hearts 2.8. Yeah, uh, that, that's something. That's the one, something. That's, uh, the one, that's the one that I had briefly. And and three and also all the cutscenes from like 37 and a half over two and yeah. um, dr- dream drop distance and and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I'll say uh, Kingdom Hearts one 1.5 final mix. Not a good video game. No, I, I, I we're gonna we're we're, we're gonna finish it because I want to see all the crazy stuff in two. But uh, oh boy, not, not it's a bad video game. So first, first of all, first things first. Any of you, any of you, and I'm pointing, I'm pointing in front of me. It's Dear okay. listener, Le- yes, you. If you like Kingdom Hearts, if you're a Kingdom Hearts person, that's fine. Mm. Okay. Oh, don't now, get me wrong. I'm now, having a blast. It's a I, terrible video game. Stop it. What I'm trying to say is it's okay <laughs> to like a game. It's okay not to like a game. We're not dogging on you. Just put your email down. Put your tweet down. Just take a deep breath before I say that, yeah, Kingdom Hearts. The first Kingdom Hearts is probably objectively the worst game of the ones I've played. Two is much better. It plays a lot better. And uh, I, I just, I pray for, I pray for you boys, and I hope you know when to say enough is enough. I also had this, I bought the same collection you did last year, and I yeah. wanted to play through all the games to catch up to three. And I got to the end of two, I got stuck somewhere, and then I'm like, it was a point where if I have, to, if I have, if I to make it past this part, I have to grind, and I'm like, no, that's, I, I can't do this anymore. So. The only uh, character in that game that talks like a normal person is Jiminy Cricket. Everybody else is just 
speaking not either speaks like a weirdo like donald duck or goofy mm-hmm. or they're just spouting nonsense like riku and sora Zemnis. jimmy cricket on the other hand is the only one who like talks like a regular guy Zemnis and xehanort and nobodies and you you don't oh, know yes. half of what you yes. stepped into get it no no getting norted i've heard i've heard i've absorbed a little bit of this from osmosis you know me too, and I'm really afraid for you know. The master two, of masters, and you know, I'm afraid for two months from now. Spelled X blade, but it's pronounced Keyblade. You know, you know what I should um, recommend that you do is, in case you end up really getting into Kingdom Hearts, which no judgment. Uh, Waypoint uh, Vice's uh, Waypoint podcast has a great series of uh, talking through the lore. Which actually, like, as somebody oh, who's yes. not, a, I remember that. I somebody remember that. who's not a fan of Kingdom Hearts myself, I actually really enjoyed them going through that. It's really funny and comprehensive. So if this, if any of this actually ends up resonating with you, I would point you that way. Otherwise, Godspeed, good luck, <laughs> and try and have fun. Uh, our next one is from Martin. Uh, Hey guys, I've heard about how you recently watched the new Arthur special that came out, and thinking on it, I've thought about how the gathering of Reed relatives reminds me of Arthur's cousin catastrophe from the first season, even going so far as to have a plot point revolve around the interaction between a cousin of Arthur's and both ending with a piano tune. That made me wonder how you guys would compare the two. That's really interesting. I think while I was watching, so... This goes back weeks now when we did the live tweet along with the Rhythm and Roots of Arthur, which is where we got those answers on those questions. Um, I I think I was trying to, like, I was like, this seems familiar. Like, they've done this before. And I think that's, I think you're, you're pointing in the direction of what I was thinking of. Arthur's Cousin Catastrophe, very similar kind of family reunion vibe. Um, this, I think Arthur's Cousin Catastrophe also has... Um, uh, cousin Mo, so there's a lot more chaotic energy to that one, uh, versus this one, which is very pleasant and colorful, and like everything is a little bit lower stakes, which I liked. I th- I think they both have their place. No, it's um, been a while since we watched Arthur's Cousin Catastrophe, but I, I I vaguely remember like Arthur going on like a Metal Gear Solid style sneaking mission around uh, <laughs> trying to avoid Cousin Mo. Yeah. I remember the stakes feeling very high at the time. Yeah, life or death almost, because, uh, yeah, he was afraid that she wanted to shoot him into space. So I'd say right. that they are they are different enough in their approaches that I think you can have a different kind of fun with both of them. But, yeah, you're right. It is kind of a, a throwback to that, um, that, that plot line they already tackled. Good catch. Thank you very much. And our last one here is from David, who's catching up with the backlog. Noticed that we said on episode 80, oh my god, uh, that, so this is the the Headlice episode. Uh, Lucas, I think this was mainly your point, the, that the Lice General was the first on-screen death in Arthur. <laughs> I forgot about that, yes. I mean, other than like Spanky and what have you. Oh, but, oh that's uh, true, that's true. Spank- well, no, but Spanky doesn't happen on screen. Yeah, he does. He passes away. He just like do closes we... his eyes. Oh, we do see the life leave Spanky's eye. Okay, no, but the general was the first on-screen murder. Murder. That's it. Okay, but pr- however, David continues. Prior to that, though, the general's right-hand man was scooped up by the popsicle stick thing, where he's terrified and calling for the general's help. The screen then cuts to the nurse telling Mr. Ratburn he has lice as she squishes the tip of the popsicle with a napkin, presumably killing the louse. The video I watched was a little crainy, but I heard a little squish when she cleans the stick, which I assume was the bug. So it's uh, we got a bo- we got a straight up body count in that episode. 
Yeah. Oh, mash. Now I'm just like getting nostalgic. That's a great Arthur episode. It is. It really is. It's <laughs> it's a good one, especially. Um, I th- I feel like I I think about Arthur getting olive oil poured on his head whenever I put olive oil into the frying pan. I thought you were gonna be like whenever I put olive oil on my head, and I was gonna be like, oh well, I didn't know that about your hair care routine. No, I feel like that would just reactivate every dry skin condition I've been trying to beat back for the last <laughs> twenty years. So I wouldn't even dare. Thanks everybody for the emails. That's of course at elwoodcitylimits at gmail dot com. Uh, I'm hoping to get some thoughts on Season 9 overall because this is the last Season 9 episode, which means that coming up next week, it's going to be our Season 10 recap show. So hoping to hear from you on that as well. Uh, And of course, can't begin an episode of ECL without thanking our record-shattering 41 patrons. Thank you, everybody, who has signed up recently and who has been giving us feedback for, for the kids, which has been honestly a whole lot of fun to do. And we are talking about patrons such as Aaron DeFilippo, Alex, Andrew Power, Caitlin Harrington, Chandra LaFave Boten, Christine Liscody, Christine Wong, Sierra S., Dan Mike Dawson Silva, EJ Acra, Emily K., Froppy, Greg Hagai, Ian Collis, Jake Bailey, Joe Sue, John Dulong, John Griswold, Josias Melendez, Kat, Kaylin Krogall, Kevin Noon, Kristen, Leanne S., Light Relentless, Lily Warden, Lion Dog ZXA, welcome to the party, pal, Macy Ball, Marlo Stanfield, Matt, Melissa Avales, Michaela Gibson, Pretty Cool Stairs, Rachel Pearson, Riley Stevens, Shayna Bennett, Shelby Eden Dawkins Law, Stella, Teresa, William, and Yoshi. Thanks, everybody. That's at patreon.com slash Limits. It's the last one of season nine, Lucas, and wouldn't you know, right when we need it, it's a Binky episode. Binky goes nuts. Yeah, oh my goodness. I had forgotten that this was going to be the episodes this week, and so right when I saw the the both Binky goes nuts and Breezy listening blues, I was already intrigued. So did you, did you know about either of these before we... Uh... Before you sat down to watch them? No, no. There's moments in both of these episodes that I remember from being a kid, but I couldn't guess what they were just from the title alone. So it starts off, uh, this episode does on a typical, on a kind of a summery day in school. <sighs> Get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> Muffy is kind of sun ta- sun tanning and or just basking in the sun, and a butterfly lands on her. A mu- it looks to be perhaps a monarch butterfly. And she says, note to self, orange is the new black. So I, I don't know why we never saw her name in the credits. In, uh, exactly. On <laughs> uh, so the butterfly is kind of flying around to everybody. And eventually it lands on Binky's arm as he and Molly are throwing spitballs. And Molly wants to, to crush it, but Binky stops her. And then, like, the butterfly, does it does it appear to bite Binky or does it just kind of leave the rash on him? It just leaves the rash on him. I think it's actually they kind of make a no, make a show of it not biting Binky. So something about some sort of insect secretion or something uh, just reacts with Binky's skin. To t- to take one of your verbiage, uh, the butterfly giving Binky the itch hits different. Oh God, I I don't think you're using that right. It's, it, I don't. I if it hits different, it should be good. <laughs> oh, it mean it's supposed to be good. I thought it was just <laughs> no, no. It's supposed to be good. Unless, unless you had some sort of weird butterfly itch thing that I, I didn't, I, I wasn't aware of. Okay, well then, <laughs> then I'll just say it takes on a, a, a bit more of a, more of a grisly connotation. 
I'm old, uh, everybody. That's the joke. Uh, <laughs> so Binky does get the itch, and uh, he's <laughs> taken to sorry. a doctor. That's okay. I deserve to be laughed at sometimes. Uh, goes to the doctor, and he is eventually diagnosed with a peanut allergy. But I first was found, of all, Will, have you ever had an allergy test? An allergy test? If I did, it would have been when I was very young. Um, I d- see. My allergies are when I was little. I had an allergy against um, a type of antibiotic, and now I think I just have a general allergy to like dust and pollen and that kind of stuff. I always found kind of uh, uh, surprising how, I, I don't know, when I was a kid, I expected, I had all this imagery in my mind of when you get an allergy test, they like do all this kind of like technical stuff to figure out what you're allergic to. But they right. really do just be pricking you with each thing that you could be allergic to, circling them with ped and being like, yeah, this one made a bump. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've only heard and I've always kind of like wanted an allergy test, just to be sure. But thankfully, nothing life-threatening like, uh, uh, well, a nut allergy can be. The older I get, the scarier that stuff like shellfish and nut allergies seem. When I was a kid, I didn't have them, so I didn't, never thought about them other than, like, don't bring peanut stuff to school. And even even when I was really young, they didn't even have that. Um, but now it's like, especially they go over the symptoms here of, like, what happens when you go into... Uh, when you get an allergic reaction, when you have a nut allergy, it can be like, well, your throat can close off and it can make it very difficult to breathe. I'm like, that is terrifying. So a couple uh, big revelations here. Uh, yeah. First of all, Binky's mom, everybody applaud Binky's mom, frontline healthcare worker. Binky's mom uh, uh, is, is, a, is a nurse, which I don't think we knew up to this point. Um, um, I think she's kind of worn nurse type outfits, and they may have hinted at it. But yeah, yeah she. I, I do confirms. kind of remember her napping during the day at some point. Uh, right. And, um, also, another note, the detail I noticed: Binky's fit, his summer fit right now. Oh yeah. my goodness gracious! He's got the mint oversized tee tucked into the dad jeans. I'm hoping they're Wranglers, some Levi's 501s, who knows? And he's got the belt on, you know, he's strapped up, tucked in. Binky's looking good for the summer. Uh, And, but, well, you know, I gotta be honest, I was distracted from his fit because check out that doctor's beard combo. (laughs) I know, I do like this doctor character. He's got good bedside manner. Um, I wasn't really, like, thinking about throwaway character of the week. I don't think it's the doctor this week because now that I think about it, I have someone else in mind. Uh, But I will say that um, I'm glad that they kind of were creative with this doctor's design and he wasn't just another kind of, oh, this is like a bear. You know what I mean? Like, right. this is kind of a memorable looking guy. Like, oh, he's got these, this, this balding hair that turns into a chin strap beard. Um, the big poofy calm, mustache. Yes. And he's got a calm voice, good bedside manner. He's good at explaining to this child why he might die from anaphylactic shock. Dr. Kingsbury is his name, as we find out later. So, yeah, this is going to change Binky's life uh, entirely. Now, his mom is being a lot more vigilant in looking to see if any, uh, if it was, if their food was made in a nut-free environment. So, like, they can't get the can of five-alarm chili. Um, and they run across uh, beef lips in the grocery store. Oh, that was a good. That was a good. Uh, uh, a gag. So it's like Binky wants this beef jerky. And he's checking it for peanuts, and she's like, 
uh, well, is there peanuts in it? Is that why you're like repulsed? He goes, no, it's got something called beef lips. <laughs> and it also means that Binky's routine is upset. So that night for dinner, it's apparently Friday, uh, Binky's mom serves some chicken cutlets, which apparently Binky really likes. But it's Friday, so Binky it was all excited. He was all gassed up for Chinese food. And unfortunately, they can't really eat that anymore because one of the items that he likes is like made with peanut oil. Or, or just most Chinese food is cooked yeah, in peanut oil. True, so true, even, true. Because Binky tries to you know, talk his way out of it. He's like, well, are egg rolls made from egg? But they can't risk it. Better safe than sorry. My man just wants his egg roll. And I understand. Like this is – I think it's really taken for granted how much a peanut allergy or a significant allergy of any kind can totally just – change your lifestyle this was a big eye-opener for me because i've all of my allergies are not exactly like i don't have to do very much different but this was uh this was a whole new thing uh so binky binky very upset and uh his mom also tells him that he'll probably need to eat at a special table at school separated from his friends which again uh this it's it also seems like wild that i lived at a time where and I could be completely misremembering this, but I remember specifically being in like junior high or high school, and that's when they started to do the peanut free environment thing for kids with peanut allergies. But I also remember a time of like bringing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to school for lunch and that not being a big deal. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm just like, I can't believe it took this long for people to say something, considering how fatal a peanut allergy can be. Well, it's interesting, like, I remember, like, even in elementary school, we're a little bit, I'm a little bit younger than you, there was, like, pictures up in the principal's office of all the kids who had peanut allergies. Like, this was, like, oh, already yeah. something they were indexing and, and, and aware of when I was in elementary school, even. So, it's interesting that you kind of lived through that cultural shift. Yeah, and, I mean, it didn't seem, it's, I mean, it seems so innocuous at the time, but, I mean, it really is the difference between life and death, I suppose. So Binky's disappointed. He has a dream that night where... Oh, uh, classic Arthur... You know, for a couple seasons now, I feel like we've been getting away from the unique surreal horror of the Arthur dream sequence. You know, (laughs) my go-to example I always think of, I think this is a season one or a season two episode. It's when Arthur steals the library book and the log arm of the law gets him. Yes. Uh, And that is just like, it sticks in your head because the imagery is so surreal of this crank... You know, that's cranking, our, like, this grinder that's pulling Arthur back, and then there's the giant long arm of the law that gets him, um, and it's just so bizarre. And this was, like, a classic Arthur nightmare of Binky going to this nightmare cafeteria where um, he can't have any of the products, because not only could some of them contain peanuts, but some of them, like, a guy stepped on a peanut once and then made it, and then one time they were, you know... The, the eggs were laid by a chicken who had a dream about a dancing peanut. And so the guy who any... flipped that burger, his middle name is Peanut. Exactly. And so, and then, <laughs> but just when oh. I thought, I, already I was like, this was funny. But yes. then when he has to go to the special table, that's when it really gets good. So yeah, let's let's talk about the special the special table. So there's a there's a kid dressed up in an astronaut costume. I forget what his name is, but he is allergic to formica. And he, what, what is it like? He's he's drinking pureed something. Oh, it's it's like it's like uh, it's like spinach water or something. Yeah, it's like something really 
really gross. Uh, this is really unappealing. Formica, by the way, is a type of plastic. And then there is... I wrote this all down. They, they pan over. There are these two kids who are sitting in front of a trough of green stuff. And... It's their names are Ron and Don. They're allergic to their hands and all utensils, so they're eating this kind of the same kind of spinach slurry by like happily dunking their heads in a trough. It was like I I couldn't have seen it coming in a million years, and I just the biggest laugh of like what? So Ron and Don locks for throwaway character of the week for a couple of reasons. First of all, their hand cup they're not wearing like oven mitts or anything. You'd think if they're allergic to their hands, they would have more like medical grade protective gear. It yeah. seems the solution is they have like a brown paper like liquor bag. Uh, like a, they have like a brown paper bag on each hand like tied to their hands with a rope and they both have a, like a 90 center part haircut their haircut actually probably would be that uncool now but they're like shoving their faces in this trough um ron and don incredible i thought it was so outrageous and you're right getting back to the getting back to the chaotic energy of the arthur dream sequences we've been kind of missing a little bit and then at the very end binky is offered brussels sprouts which since they're not they're not he's not allergic to them he'll be eating brussels sprouts for lunch for the rest of his life and that's the horror that causes him to wake up um so and and in fact he goes to the kitchen the next day and uh binky's mom's just like i have something for you and it's like not brussels sprouts <laughs> no actually binky gets gifted with his own cell phone that's right binky's rocking the t-mobile sidekick <laughs> uh, can you hear me now? Uh, Bicky's, Bicky's, I wonder what kind of cell phone plan Bicky's mom hooked him up with. What I think, whatever the equivalent of family calling was in yeah. the mid Does Bicky get rollover minutes? <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's specifically a cell phone only for emergencies, so I imagine it's pretty bare bones. But we're moving into the time where it's not going to be unusual for the Arthur kids to have cell phones. I mean, I know Muffy already has one, but she's rich. So this is like. It feels like the first non-rich kid to have. Because before that, it's like Buster and Arthur talking on walkie-talkies. So I felt this was a little significant in a way. Yeah, so it's to uh, call uh, call Binky, have Binky call his mom in case anything bad ever happens. And she's clearly very nervous about the fact that he has a peanut allergy. And like he's going to go to the candy store. And she's just like, I'll go with you. And he's like, no, please, just let me go by myself. <laughs> um, when he's there, he runs into Jenna, which I liked. Jenna getting Jenna a bit... sighting. I want, I want more Jenna episodes. We haven't seen Jenna in forever. Me too. And I liked how she kind of got to be an author- have an authoritative role here, talking about um, just kind of the general idea of allergies and what it's like to kind of plan your life around them. So I liked that. I liked seeing her again. And uh, I kind of thought she was going to be his like leader figure throughout the rest of the episode, but this is kind of all we see of her. Binky picks up a bag of cashews, which I was immediately like, uh-oh, and my fear was founded. Uh, it's called Nut and Munch, and we're moving on to the next thing. Uh, I'm always a little upset whenever we have a shot of Binky's room. I'm always a little upset by how bare Binky's bed is. It's got, like, the single sheet on it, and I'm like, his, like, his family's well off. I don't know why he just has this, like, one flimsy sheet on his bed. He could be a warm sleeper. That's true. Uh, maybe Binky runs hot. Um, so Binky has another nightmare, which again also like rather threatening. And okay, I think we are skipping ahead. So, so, so Binky did 
you you did say that your your warning was founded, but Binky does have another oh, ex- large. Oh, excuse attack. me. Yes, yes you're, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, Binky does have some of the cashews, and then has like a big deal allergic reaction, which he uses the cell phone for. Uh, like it's, it, like it becomes harder for him to breathe. But thankfully, they get him to the doctor. It's fine. It's not like it could have been a lot more scary or dramatic. But like, it's just like no, it's like they caught it early enough, and they just have to be more careful. Thank thank you. I complete. I <laughs> completely breezed over that. Yeah. So the second nightmare sequence of this is Binky having a dream. Oh my gosh! And again, this is classic. Like anytime. Uh, we referenced it so many times on the show because this is one of my favorite videos ever. I think we even talked about it last ECL I was on, but that, that death grips are at their AMV. Any sort of dream sequence, whenever it's surreal enough to be like, if you put it out of context in that video, it would fit perfectly. I'm always a big fan of. And this is amazing. So we we set the scene. We don't even know what's going on at first. Binky is like stuck in like jelly. Like a purple, su- sticky purple substance. As if he's in a human fly trap, okay? Already grotesque imagery we're being privy to. But then we see a dead man walking. Will, much to my surprise, <laughs> Mr. Peanut lives. <laughs> That's funny. I took a screen cap of this guy to be like, well, it's a good thing we killed that baby peanut. Because that, that I also had the, the idea of Dr. Legume, his name is. And he's he's not pleasant to look at. Like, he's a little threatening. I mean, wouldn't you be threatened by a reanimated dead man? <laughs> and he's and he's got like, but his, but his outfit in death has become 100% more fly. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> that's a very good point. Mr. Peanut went from being like oil baron to Dr. Legume is looking like super flyer, right? <laughs> He's looking like Dolomite. <laughs> that's amazing. He's the human tornado. Um, yeah, it's Dr. Legume who is a giant peanut in a purple suit. And then his assistant, Anaphylaxis, which is a, is a joke that Binky made at the beginning of just like, you know, and something, something anaphylactic shot. You'll go into anaphylaxis. And he's like, who's anaphylaxis? Which is, you know, haha. I feel like Binky always gets the worst nightmares, like the most troubling. Like there's <laughs> he, the one he, he's getting hydraulic pressed into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And the peanut butter part is like dangling right above him. He's like, no, please. <laughs> and the idea is that like, if they do this, he's dead. He will die. <laughs> it's a nightmare, but it's like, it feels a little too real. Um, but then he is saved at the last minute by Bionic Bunny, who I kind of, I was a little, still a little afraid because sometimes in these fantasy scenarios, Bionic Bunny comes in and he can't do anything. Like he's surprisingly ineffectual. And I was like, well, he's not out of the woods yet, but he, um, he actually does save Binky and gives him the straight dope on, uh, making sure that the allergy doesn't rule his life. Uh, because it turns out Bionic Bunny also has an allergy to salt. Which is quite surprising. That's a pretty debilitating allergy. Yeah, it's 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 worse than kryptonite. But I did like, he's like, you know, in the typical Bionic Bunny voice, he's just like, uh, like, one, one little spoon of salt will take away all my powers. I also retain water and get grouchy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he gives Binky the message of like, don't let the allergy run your life. You have to show it who's boss. So the next morning, Binky takes all of their food out of the cupboards and is searching to make sure that none of it was touched by 
you know, peanuts or, you know, was uh, made in a, a nutty environment, uh, to which his mother is quite pleased with. So he's really kind of taking the bull by the horns and just uh, trying his best to do his best. He sits at the new table, which is with some of the Arthur background characters we've seen before. Um, and he's got his... Uh, does he has he has like his meds in this little fanny pack? He doesn't call it a fanny pack, it's but it's a fanny pack. No, it's, very twenty twenty of Binky. Fanny packs are all the way back, except he'd have it cross strapped. You know what I mean? Binky, well, Binky's like an independent professional wrestler. Fanny packs never went out of style. He's got to keep the gimmick somewhere. <laughs> uh, and instead of peanut butter and jelly, which is uh, which is his mom is kind of spying at him from outside she's like is that a peanut butter sandwich like no it's cream cheese and jelly you made it for me to which i was like cream cheese and jelly eh doesn't sound too bad do you have you have you ever had that it's good yes it's good oh yeah what what uh what what flavors are we talking like what have you experienced it would be like a, like a regular cream cheese. Well, it's not dissimilar. If you've ever had strawberry cream cheese, it's essentially like homemade strawberry cream cheese, right? You oh, use okay. like, a, like, a, like a jam and then put it on like a regular plain cream cheese. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so the end of the episode is Binky it ta- uh, surprises his parents by taking... <laughs> it's funny, surprising them with a dinner they're going to pay for. Uh, to the Golden Panda Chinese restaurant, which he did a little bit of research and found that they are a peanut-free facility. They cook on uh, pans that are not touched by peanuts, and he can have his egg rolls. In fact, he's going to have three without worrying that they're uh, going to give him an allergic reaction. So there you go. And I, and I wonder... I mean, I've never paid attention to it. Are there Chinese... Restaurants that kind of uh, say, you know, we cook in a peanut-free environment or something like that? Surely there must be, but I'm not Gotta sure be. if there's any around here. Which which is a little too bad. I can't, I can't imagine getting a peanut allergy this late in life and having to give up Chinese food, essentially. All right, we're going to get into the second part of this episode in just a moment uh, after this word from us. This podcast is supported by listeners like you, and here's how. Over on our social networks, you can follow us and find the latest updates and some fun photos. Facebook.com slash Elwood City Limits, at ECL Podcast on Twitter, ElwoodCityLimits.tumblr.com, and Elwood City Limits on Instagram. You can support us monetarily by going over to patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. If you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to exclusive audio content like our new PBS Kids show, movie reviews, and sneak previews of upcoming content. Support us as well by going to teespring.com slash stores slash Elwood city dash limits dash store or search Elwood City Limits on Teespring. Buy yourself a t-shirt, a tank top, or a hoodie with the Elwood City Limits logo or an exclusive design by our friend Josh. Elwood City Limits is available online at libsyn.com slash Elwood City Limits where you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast apps. Is it not on your favorite app? Let us know. And you can always help us by spreading the word, tell your friends, and send Send us a message either on social media or an email, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your continued support. And now, let's get back to the show. Well, from Binky, we have fortunately have to say goodbye, and uh, we're going to bring this season home with Brain, with Breezy Listening Blues. And it's all about Brain getting a B-. minus. Um, yeah, it's, it's believe it or not, Brain gets perhaps the worst grade we've seen him get on the show so far. And he is um, 
well, first of all, he's still like while he's reeling from it, he has this admittedly kind of mean uh, thought about you know what if a B minus that's you know that's barely better than a C plus and then right. keep slipping. By the way, by the way, uh, Buster responds to this with going, "I love the bees." Right. <laughs> he feels safe. He feels safe in that area. And then, and then Brain's like, if I keep slipping, I'll turn into... And he looks at Buster. And then he has this kind of mean-spirited imagination where essentially him and Buster switch roles. And in fact, they switch clothing, too, It's which is kind of funny to see. Um, Listen, where... I, know, I know it's mean, but you gotta admit, it's also fairly hilarious. Because oh, yes. it, it kind of reminds me of whenever you have a DW dream sequence, and in DW dream sequences, Arthur is usually portrayed as this like lumbering oaf. Like, yes. this absolutely, like, dullard who just eats, um, which is so cartoonishly not, like, how Arthur, Arthur acts, but it makes sense because it's in the mind of DW. This was kind of funny to see, like, just how, I guess, poor, lowly brain thinks of Buster, where um, sort of the, the Busterfication version of brain is wearing his clothes, uh, and he, he sees a, a Zeppelin in the sky, and he's like, what's that? And then, like, Arthur's like, that's a dirigible brain. Uh, and he's like, yeah, and, and, and Buster, who's wearing Brain's outfit, is a, just like, you know, it's a, a Zeppelin or whatever it is. By the way, quick meme alert here. I've definitely seen the shot of Buster in Brain's sweater shrugging at something. I don't remember exactly what the context of the meme is, but I've definitely seen that before. And uh, he also describes it to help Brain understand as a, as a really big balloon in which, you know, Brain then responds with, I'd hate to be the guy that lost that or, or what have you. Still yeah, something... not quite grasping the concept. Yeah, it's just like, all right, so, the, you know, mask off here. We really see what Brain thinks but, of one of his friends. But not only does he just, not only is the implication that Buster's dumb, then we get this next moment where a child throws used food into the garbage, and then Brain runs to eat it out of the garbage. <laughs> yeah, they're still, they're still frosting on that. <laughs> so not only does he think he's an idiot, he thinks he's like a pig. Yeah. Which, I mean, not completely untrue, but just to an extreme that is rather unflattering. Uh, so yeah, B- Brain doesn't want to turn into Buster, so he's obsessively going through um, his routine to try and figure out what could have been different. And, you know, he's got this kind of, like, you know, very stereotypical, like, smart guy. He's a little bit like uh, Patrick Bateman type of beginning to his day. He does like so many sit-ups and he does the, the word jumble in so many seconds or whatever. It's got to be like perfect. And he can't find anything that might've been different, at least not right off the bat, except that he eventually narrows it down to the CD that is playing in the ice cream shop called breezy listening blues or sorry. No, not it's that's the name of the episode breezy listening. So, and it's just, like, easy listening. You'd probably hear it on, like, an elevator or in a mall somewhere, which they expand on later. Yeah, this is pre-Vaporwave, pre by the way. This is before people started, you know, unironically being like, you know what, I'm, in, I'm into Mac, Macintosh Plus and, and sort of kind of post 
easy listening, kind of easy <laughs> listening adjacent music, like seriously. And so this was kind of back when, you know, this this was reminiscent of this quote, the whole episode kind of centers around this this easy listening tape. And I, I it's been a while since I've heard people kind of talk about you know, mall music, for lack of a better term. Um, that's kind of a almost a 90s, early 2000s thing, right? Like they, or, or even earlier, like they, they, Dawn of the Dead is something I always think about is like they always have the mall music still playing with all the, the zombies walking around. Sure, yeah. Um, but I think sort of through irony and culture and kind of how the internet's worked now, like easy listening is like something where it's like, oh, people, people love their Macintosh Plus. Well, hey, I mean, let's be real. If 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 it was a vaporwave CD playing, Brain would have gotten an A plus plus. Exactly. <laughs> like he would he would have soared he would have soared to regions of his mind he'd never accessed before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would have opened him up completely. So he's gonna do uh, control a quote unquote control experiment to see what people's reaction times are with the CD and without because that was the only thing different about his routine. Which I I, for, I forget if he mentions here, but uh, the CD itself was put on in the ice cream store to kind of encourage people to buy more, which we get into a bit later. So he does this experiment with the Tibble Twins of all people, and there's this like try putting the shapes into the you know it's like a little barnyard house, and the shapes go in the shape sh- in in the shaped uh, holes, um, and it's just like okay, try it first without the music, and then we'll try it with the music. And they're just like, you know, give me, give us candy first. It'll help us think. So brain, like an idiot, does. And then of course they completely misconstrue this. They start throwing him in the garbage, and he's just like, you wanted it to go in the hole. And it's like normally I would be annoyed at the Tibbles, but kind of hard to be mad at them when brain should have absolutely known better. Well, also his experiments failed in the first place because by doing it twice in a row, you know where the shapes go. Yeah, good point, actually. Anyway, he would have been much better off consulting someone like DW, who he already has a pre-existing relationship with. I have no idea how he got the Tibbles there, uh, but that's besides the point. So Brain, I mean, I, he eventually does the experiment, and I think he he finds, like, one instance where the um, with the CD it was, like, marginally slower, and he's just like, ah, that proves it. It was yeah, a CD. Yeah, it, it was a fraction of a second. Yes. And so he decides to he he decides to do the experiment himself, uh, and he starts listening to the CD on his disc man, ladies and gentlemen. There's a meme going around Twitter with somebody with their disc man in like their jacket pocket, and it's like, "What CD does this remind you of?" And it's just like, "Oh man, I used to carry my disc man around all the time. I had like a special leather pouch for keeping several CDs in, so I could change it out." Oh, man. incredible. It's the uh, I'm, the iPod couldn't have come around soon enough because I was lugging that bulky disc man for years <laughs> to school. I'm surprised I never got robbed for it. So Brain, through listening to the CD, has a dream where he's in this gigantic mall. It's okay. This like was like something out of everywhere. like a Terry Gilliam film. Like this remind me of like yeah. Brazil or something. It's like... so opulent and visual. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. That's a that's a great comparison. <laughs> Um, but also like kind of like in a very Brazil-esque kind of like the commentary on like consumerism and excess because at ever at, at everything in this place is, is designed to make brain buy something uh, to the point where he's offered a credit card buy a giant talking credit card almost immediately. Right. And it's the same woman who kind of keeps showing up at these places to encourage him to spend. Um, 
and it's kind of you know you can follow the thread of it's it's kind of like baby's first social satire where it's like all of these things are encouraging him to buy he gets a credit card he upsizes his order of chicken licking just because it's all about buying more uh and t- until he gets just straight up tired of purchasing things and he goes to the quote-unquote library as it says on the sign oh where and, they... and so this was the one segment i remembered from this episode was this library and i think it's because you know my mom's a librarian and she would she would watch um arthur with me back in the day uh and i think this joke in particular really tickled her um the idea well you get into it what what what's so different about this library in particular so it's basically kind of laid out like a like a chapters or an indigo or like you know a, 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 what would it be in America, uh, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Thank you. And they're continuously playing that easy listening music, and Brain's like, I can't even hear myself think over this. How can <laughs> it's you... even louder in the library than yeah. it is in the the rest of the wall. And they're also selling these like. Easier to read, basically almost picture books bookazines. of like magazines. That's it. Bo- bookazine, bookazines. That's a Book-a- new term. Bo- yes, bookazines. Thank you. And we see her offer him. How would you like to read this? It's Peace by Tolstoy instead of War and Peace because they took out the challenging parts. And it's just Tolstoy on the cover doing the peace sign in front of the Kremlin. It's. I thought it was pretty funny. And Did you see Arthur... the the bookazine? Yeah, that Arthur was reading, Call of the Mild. Call of the Mild, and uh, well, we actually find out in just a second. It's not actually Arthur. It's a life size Arthur doll. Which I, I was just like, first of all, it it kind of fit when I thought it was Arthur because it's just like, okay, then Brain doesn't think much of his intelligence either. But then he's just like, let's get out of here, Arthur. And then I think it's I think it's Miss Turner who's just like, no, that's actually a. Uh, life-size Arthur doll and he's he keeps he keeps repeating a phrase I honestly couldn't make it out whatever he was saying oh wait uh, I think he's talking about pulling his cord isn't he he's referring to like the cord he on sa- his back yeah he says that and I I guess I it sounded like something else and I couldn't really make it out just the Arthur doll a bit of a last second edition that I need to know more about like wh- why does why does Arthur have life-size like life model decoys of himself no, I, this whole dystopia, the fact that it's like the same girl who works at every single one of these stores, the Arthur doll, the bookazine, I can't get over the bookazines. I keep thinking of them now. Like, you, I could, Gulliver stayed home, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the green quarter mile, uh, you two do hun- this all. Two, 200 leagues under oh? the sea. Exactly, two two hundred uh, twenty meters under the sea. Uh, yeah, you could you could do this all day. Yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> it's it's a it's a really funny idea, and like weird to see kind of relevant satire in Arthur. Now, I will say that the idea of like the mall being this like capitalist utopia is has you know this consumerist nightmare is kind of something that's been done before i mean you mentioned yourself dawn of the dead yeah. but it's also Cho- like chopping mall will chopping all oh, chopping Bite, mall. biting satire such as chopping mall oh chopping mall what a movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about chopping mall it's like in and out in 80 minutes it's, <laughs> not, a, it's not even feature length you know what's great about chopping mall just about everything <laughs> <laughs> uh if 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 you can stand a little bit of gore, check out Chopping yeah, I Mall. I think it's on Shudder. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where I watched it. I think you're right. Um, yeah, so, but it's interesting because this is probably the first time that a lot of kids are, like, watching anything that's related to satire. 
So yeah, it's kind it's of fun, point. funny to like see this inflection point. And I wonder if kids at the time like even understood this. Or, or they were just like, this ball seems dope. You get this giant soda for 10 right. cents more. Right, exactly. <laughs> probably, it's probably great to, <laughs> to especially younger kids. So Brain's convinced that the easy listening is what, uh, is what caused this. And then he kind of asks his mom why they started using it in the ice cream store. And she says, well, in order to get people to buy more, which Brain pushes back on. Um, and it turns out that Brain's mom has scruples in the sense of like, they don't want to like subliminally convince people, to, like trick people into buying ice cream. They want them to buy it because they want to buy it. And his mom agrees. So they're going to try something a little different in terms of music for the ambiance. So we go through a, a segment here of them trying out different CDs. So first off, we have the return of Coco Taylor to the show in music Which form. I loved, you know, liking Brain for me is always kind of, I feel like, I didn't have this problem with the first three seasons, but it's just been a steady decline with Brain's character as he's become less and less like, okay, Brian, Brain, and more and more sort of, um, uh, uh, what is that character from Big Bang Theory's name? Oh, Shel- Sheldon. Yeah, as he's become more Sheldonized as the show's gone on, I've come to dislike Brain more and more. Same. Um, but yeah. one of the things that, that kind of pulls him back and adds a little bit of character and, and it makes him a little bit more likable has been Brain's kind of love of blues music. That's been a fun little wrinkle and a fun character trait that I've always found really endearing about Brain. So I'm glad that that's like official continuity. It wasn't just for that episode where they were specifically talking about the blues. Um, that's They're carrying that forward that Brain has this like affinity for Coco Taylor. Sure, and it's good music. But the problem is, is that it's... Um... I know it's a blues song, so Buster ends up listening to it and getting depressed. So depressed he doesn't even want to finish his ice cream. Buster's line of crest questioning is so funny. He's like, the she's like talking about how she's tired because like her boyfriend's giving her trouble, and Buster's like, "Why is she tired?" Uh, and then Brain's like, "We can find other songs," and he's listing all the other songs of the CD, and one of them's called "I Cried Like a Baby." Um, and Buster's like, that sounds sad. And Brain's like, "I Cried Like a Baby" is actually pretty upbeat. It's just got a sad yeah. name. <laughs> But Buster doesn't want to hear any more of it. It just completely changes the mood. So they just, he decides to uh, kind of solicit a couple of suggestions from people. So Molly has a suggestion. By the way, great that Molly's getting more time on the show. She was in both of these episodes. Um, uh, puts in for Moodacrude. Moodacrude getting a lot of play this season. And uh, the album's called Shin Splints, which is actually kind of a great name for a metal album. Also, the fact that Molly only had access to it. It's a bootleg because her, I think her friend knows the ex-drummer. Oh, yeah. she's a Man, she's a real punk. She got the bootlegs yeah, and everything. Exactly. Molly's in the scene. Uh, but it's a little too loud for some people's uh, sensitivities. In fact, it knocks the ice, the the top of an ice cream off a child's cone. So they have to change it up to something else. So Muffy offers a CD of Rodney Gilfrey. All points are converging on this episode. <laughs> this is like when she came in with Rodney Gilfrey. I was like, whoa, this is this is the crossover. Like, forget about Endgame. This is the crossover I've been waiting for. And well, it's you know Rodney Gilfrey singing opera. It's really kind of the like that becomes the logical conclusion of this episode is that it's like oh, uh, brain invented the mixtape. He invented the Spotify <laughs> playlist. That's the solution, right? Because the next suggestions come from Francine, which is to do the "You Stink" song from uh, Arthur. It's only rock and roll. 
which was which was cool to hear again. And but Muffy's like, oh, not that one again. So they clearly ran into the ground. And then Arthur and Buster come in and hear that they're playing You Stink. So then they bring up We Stink and start singing their song. <laughs> this is this is a great little parade of references. I really liked this. In the end, they can't really settle on one. So Brain decides to meet everybody kind of in the middle. And uh, he the next day at school, um, Brain gets a test back and it was an A. So I think does he does he kind of he kind of makes the 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 leap here that like yeah I guess it didn't affect me all that much. Uh yeah so he finally comes to the correct conclusion that it's like oh I guess it wasn't the uh, music after all he doesn't really like attribute it to anything like it would have been interesting if he had like not studied enough or there was some actual kind of logical sure. reason but he figures out it wasn't the music and then he also comes up with an amicable solution which is to make a mix CD of all the customers' favorite music uh, which which uh, Molly Molly doesn't like the name but I gotta disagree with her Sunday hits is a great name. I also think it's kind of a questionable idea. Like, it's funny. Yeah, the, oh, like, yes, yes, uh, at please. First, at first, it's like, the big problem is that, like, when you just play a whole, like, if you play a whole metal album in the in the the ice cream parlor, it's some people are going to like it, some people aren't. But I don't know if that's necessarily solved by having this crazy mix CD where you have, like, an ARPA song, and then, like, I could just recommend, like, a grindcore song. You know what I mean? Like, we could be, we could be... And that I, I don't know if that's good ice cream buying music or not. Well, and then there's the other thing of like, so the episode ends with like they're selling Sunday hits and making a profit. Are you allowed to do that with music you don't technically own? Because this is music from other CDs. Like it's how you used to make mix CDs. It's you take a CD and you have a, you know, a converter, a changer, whatever you call it. And then you just burn that song onto another CD. It's not legal. And I'm pretty sure you can't sell that unless you want to you want to get legal action up in this. Listen, shh, it's very hush hush. It's a mixtape. They're selling <laughs> it on Dat Piff. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just uh, a little a little utopian in terms of how litigious the music industry can. And there it is. That is the end of season nine. So before we get into anything else. Lucas, let's rewind it back. This was the Binky episode of the season. Binky goes nuts. What did you think about it? I mean, I sound like a broken record. A Binky episode is always welcome, and it always kind of delivers. And this one delivered. This was a great episode. I think it's got all the things I like from like a truly kind of exceptional Arthur episode, and that it's got a pretty set moral. It's all about dealing with uh, developing peanut allergy, which is something that a lot of kids probably struggle with at Binky's age. But it does it in a way that's not kind of ham-fisted or, or too uh, afternoon specially, and also does it in a way that's kind of clever and funny. And then it also it has another kind of staple of my favorite Arthur episodes, terrifying dream sequences. So I was a big fan of Binky Goes Nuts. I agree with you. Uh, I think it's... Uh probably going to end up on a certain list of mine. But yeah, I, I I know that we're known for loving Binky episodes, but really it's it's a no-brainer by this point. You should know why we love them and hopefully you love them too. This this one, I think you made a great point in in remarking on how they brought back the dream sequence in a big way. I feel like they did it in both of these episodes. And with Binky, it's I guess it's bad luck that he always gets like the most troubling ones, but the mo- the troubling ones are the ones that you tend to remember. Uh so I I'm glad that they did go for that. And I actually think that this was very a very good 
way to educate kids about this type of allergy. Like, I kind of wish I had seen this episode when I was younger because it can be hard to understand for a kid just how life-changing this type of an allergy can be. So I appreciate that they made something so that those kids could feel seen and to kind of talk about it in that way. And I think they did a great job. I have nothing but good things to say about this episode. And, you know, kind of talking about it, watching it, watching Breezy Listening Blues, I don't think I was, you know, super geeked on it or anything like that. But talking about it, I liked it too. I'd probably say that um, uh, Binky Goes Nuts is probably my favorite of the two. And I think that Breezy Listening Blues suffers from having Brain as the protagonist, which I think you and I are in agreement about not really liking his presence these days. But I did kind of like the idea, and I really liked where it led to with all of the musical influences that have been happening over the last season or so coming together and kind of duking it out. I, I just thought that was a really cool coming together. And the dream sequence, I thought, was uh, really impressive and very well thought out. So, yeah, I I mean, the con... like. The conflict of the, of the episode isn't isn't much, but I think there's a lot of parts in here that make it uh, a little bit better than your standard Arthur episode. So yeah, I liked it. I'm lockstep with you. I, I just like you said. I think it doesn't quite you know exceed the sum of its parts. I think it's got there's individual moments in breezy listening blues that I think are really really memorable Arthur moments. Uh, when Brain is imagining him in Buster switching kind of positions, um, the whole crazy Terry Gilliam uh, shopping mall nightmare is probably like the big highlight of the episode. Uh, and then, like you said, the big kind of, and this is a good way to kind of end the season on, um, the big music crossover on the end. All the in-between stuff, in-between those kind of three big moments uh, are, like you said, a little bit hard to swallow, and I do attribute that specifically to kind of the characterization of Brain, the characterization of Brain lately. Um, That being said, though, considering not to kind of step on our season, what is it, season nine? Yeah, our season nine wrap-up too much, um, there's not been a lot of bad episodes this season but i think there's been a lot of middle of the road episodes of this season so to have breezy listening blues which maybe it's not overall my favorite episode but it has a lot of really memorable moments i'll take it totally that's that's kind of what we're looking for at this point because i mean we're coming up to we're coming up to 10 seasons covering 10 seasons of arthur which still is not even halfway through the the whole journey but we've seen a lot of arthur episodes come and go and sometimes the you can see the echoes in other ones, so we're really looking for ones that make an impression, whether good or bad. And uh, thankfully, these two are closer to good than they are bad. So great way to end off the season, and uh, makes me really excited for what's to come. And I certainly hope that you're excited for what's to come as well, because we've had a we've got a big couple of weeks coming up here on Elwood City Limits, and I want to make sure that you know about it. So yesterday, uh, this would be yesterday, but for you, it would have been earlier this week. I posted a Patreon update for everybody, and or an update via Patreon. This is for both our Patreon feed and the free feed. So here's what you can expect in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next week, we are going to be uh, talking about, on Patreon, the Magic School Bus. This is one, you do want to talk about excited. This is one of the most excited I've been for an episode in a while. And I finally figured out, so... Uh, Lucas, you had three episodes that you kind of pitched to me as the ones that we should do, so I finally narrowed it down, and I know which episode we're going to do. Okay. So I, I, 
kind of I don't I don't want to I don't want to say, but it's a good one. It's a classic. I would I would say, and uh, Lucas picked three good ones. I watched through all of them, and I and I picked the one that we're gonna do. So the Magic School Bus is what we're talking about on for the kids, a PBS Kids podcast over on Patreon, which we do every other week. But next week, that's not all. We've got more stuff coming out because next week on the free feed, there's two things I should say. Recently, I was able to do uh, a segment, ECL Flash Forward, and talk about an upcoming episode called In My Africa with a lovely woman named Kara Oliver. And uh, in case you didn't know, she has done a TED Talk on Arthur, which you can view on YouTube. We get into all of that, and you'll be able to listen to that next Wednesday here on the free feed. And then on Friday on the, on the free feed, Lucas and I will be giving our impressions of Season 9 in full, including our top five favorite episodes of the season. So Top five, top five. Top five, yeah, top five. So it's going to be a good week to be free. It's going to be a good week to be on Patreon. And then after that, we're going to be coming back with the first episode of ECL Season 10, which is just called Happy Anniversary. It's a double episode. Like, I, I have no... Now, Will, we might have finally gotten to the point where I haven't even seen that episode. We'll see. We're in the, we're in the wilds now? We're in no man's land. Well, we're going to have the big season 10 uh, primer at the beginning of that episode, and then we're going to be talking about it. We're, we're, I think we're entering uh, wild territory. What is it, what is it called in um, uh, – oh, what the hell's the name of that game? The Tom Clancy game? Uh, oh, the Division? Go, go, oh, okay. Oh, the uh, the something zone. I know what you're talking about. The, like, uh, yeah. The the qua- phantom- we're in the quasi zone. <laughs> <laughs> the quasi zone. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a big couple of weeks here on ECL. We just want to keep you guys entertained, and we've got some cool stuff coming your way. And if you're a patron, then chances are you've already heard a lot of that cool stuff. So don't forget, that is always an option, but we're always going to keep uh, everybody on the free feed entertained as well. Well, Lucas, I'm excited for Season 10, and I hope you are as well. What, do you th- what, do you, what are your thoughts moving out of Season 9? Very very brief, uh, of course. Not not looking to step on next week's episode. Yeah, I mean, just like what I said earlier, I mean, I'm excited to see what a new season has to offer. Uh, looking for a change, I think. Yeah, I think we're both. I think we're agreed on that. Well, my name's Will Young, and that's an end of another episode of ECL. We're gonna see you, uh, well, in season ten, but of course, a little bit more uh, along the way. So, my name's Will Young, and for Lucas Mancini, the bees are my favorite. We'll see you next time.